This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Hello and welcome to the Retire Happy Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside John Amarino. John, what's going on this week? How are you, sir? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Just enjoying the nice summer uh, months with my family. How about you? What do you mean, not a whole lot? It's the it's summer in San Diego. What's the matter with you? You should have a ton of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, I guess I take that for granted. You know, <laughs> the beach and the mountains and the beautiful weather all the time. Yeah, so I, I do. I I guess that's just a, a matter of practice. My wife has us jam-packed every weekend with events. So You're just being laid back and, and, and modest, right? trying yes <laughs> what does uh, your wife usually have you running around doing on the weekends does she kind of like structure everything out like very specifically you know every moment of your weekend is kind of packed with something to do or you guys more try and keep things a little bit more laid back oh yeah i am literally my weekend off calendar it looks more packed than my work calendar i mean she prints up a calendar it sits on the fridge and I, you know, she was talking about, oh, yeah, you know, let's do this for your birthday, which is the last day of August. And she goes, that's our next availability on the weekend. I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're planning okay. way too far out in advance for your weekends, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I was just hoping to plan for next weekend, but <laughs> she's the event planner in the family and I'm the financial planner. That's all right. We all got to play different roles in a marriage. So it sounds like you guys have yours figured out and that's uh, that's important. That's a good thing. Not a bad thing at all. Well, coming up on today's show, we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about financial security. What does it mean to you? Would you realize or even know or recognize that financial security means different things to different people and it kind of affects the financial planning process depending on your definition of financial security. So if you aren't even sure what financial security might mean to you, it's a question worth pondering as we get to that a little bit later on in today's show. We've got a great question from Angie on the mailbag that we're going to dive into as well. She's wondering about long-term care policies, so we'll tackle her question and much more ahead on today's show. But first, let's see what's happening in the news. Extra, extra, read all about it. So, John, there's a bill in Congress kind of working its way through, through at the time of this recording, the House, not quite through the Senate yet. There may be some changes to it. We'll just have to see what happens. But it's talking about raising the RMD age, and we're going to explain what RMDs are and mean here in a moment for those who don't know. But it's going to recommend that we raise the RMD's required minimum distributions age from 70 and a half to 72 doesn't seem like an enormous change. We're talking a year and a half here. First of all, what is an RMD to give us that context? And also, do you think this is a good idea? So the RMD is short initials for required minimum distributions. And if you have any qualified money, that being tax deferred, your 401ks, your IRAs, you've been able to postpone the tax on that, you know, for all these years until you take a distribution. And at age 70 and a half, the IRS is saying, listen, we want to ensure that you're taking a portion, a percentage of your accounts out so we can start getting our tax money. So, you know, for a lot of people, especially that have lower cost of living, you know, their house is paid off, they're not really tapping into their tax deferred retirement plans. One thing that doesn't count in here is a Roth IRA that's not subject to RMDs, but your normal IRAs, 401ks, the government's saying, you know, if you don't take out this amount by the time you're age 70 and a half, the year you turn 70 and a half, then we'll actually hit you with the 50% excise tax. So it is extremely important to make sure you're uh, 
taking out a portion of those distributions at 70 and a half. That's what an RMD is. So the consequences of not taking your RMDs are are dramatic. It's just not an option to not take them. That's why they're the word required is in there, right? <laughs> yes, yes. As one expert put it, it's the heaviest penalty in the tax code outside of tax mm. fraud and tax evasion. Gotcha. Okay. So we got to take the RMDs. Now they're raising it from 70 and a half to 72. Good, bad, ugly of that decision? Yeah. So this is part of that Secure Retirement Act that Congress did pass and it is still you know, going through the Senate. And I talked about this in that Fox Business article. This is you know, there's some things I like and some things I don't like. This is the one thing that I absolutely love. And it's one of the things that I am actually excited about in this act. And and you said, you know, well, what's the difference just going from 70 and a half to 72? And, you know, my response to that is it, it gives people more control over their money for a longer period of time. Hey, whether it's 18 months or not, that's more time that they have to keep the money in their pocket. Because if you don't have to take out that distribution, you lose the ability to grow that money. And it's also going to increase your taxes, right? You didn't need to take out 20000 but you were forced to. That's coming as an ordinary income tax rate. So that's going to increase your ordinary income tax rates and Social Security provisional income. So we can reduce tax rates. And it also gives you another 18 months to do one of my favorite planning strategies, and that's the Roth conversion. You know, it gives you that much more time to convert money and further reduce future tax balances, RMDs, future tax hikes, and also help future survivorship income for the surviving spouse. So if that happens, take advantage of it, folks. Yeah, it's a big deal to see some of these changes pushing through, and uh, it's nice when there are good developments and that give us more control, some more power over our finances and the opportunities that exist out there. So sounds like this is one of the good aspects of that SECURE Act, giving us more time to plan for the future. So that's what's happening in the news. And, you know, for a lot of people, I think when you start talking about, you know, the RMD age and control and being able to have kind of some additional flexibility with your money for additional years, that control means financial security to a lot of people. But financial security is a buzzword that does mean different things to different people. In fact, nearly everybody probably has a different definition about what brings them financial security. So I'm curious, John, how you define financial security and maybe some of the popular responses that you hear from clients during the planning process and kind of all these different angles about how people view security differently. Just before we get started, in your eyes, how do you view financial security yourself for you and your family? I look at it as just having peace of mind, you know, every month that we can pay the bills and that, you know, life does happen, good and bad, that, you know, if something unfortunately happens to me or my wife, that we've ensured that we've taken care of the surviving spouse and the kids. And it's really just having that peace of mind that, you know, we don't have to worry about money. We've got our comfort funds, our, you know, emergency funds, and, you know, we can just, we can relax and not, you know, life has other stressors and it's just, that doesn't have to be one of them. That's, well, so that's what it means for at least my family. It's the, uh, you know, we're still in our working lives, right? So it's that food on the table, financial security for us or providing for the family moving forward. And, you know, definitely going to be on the forefront of, I think, our minds. For folks who are maybe in retirement or approaching that date very soon, it might mean 
something different. For example, John, let's say somebody comes into your office and they tell you something like, uh, you know, I don't want to be a burden on my kids, regardless of my health situation. That's what financial security kind of means to me is preventing that from happening. Right. And, you know, that could really go two directions. We see a lot of retirees want to be there for their kids, especially the grandkids, right? I think probably one of their worst fears would have to be moving in to live with their kids. But the big thing is when a lot of my clients talked about not wanting to ever be a burden on their kids, it usually comes at the fact that their parents had some type of long-term care event and they really, really burden, shouldered the burden of taking care of their parents. And, and they loved doing that, but that's a lot of work. And it's a, you know an, a, an additional major responsibility that has been added to your plate. So I think a lot of people that will come in with that attitude are really looking to secure a plan in the event that they have some type of long-term care event. And that's one thing I tell people with planning is, you know, when you're planning for a long-term care type of event, which is much more common than we would want to believe, you know, that it's not going to happen to us. But, you know, there's been studies that have shown that's what seven out of 10 people age over 60 have, uh, you know, seven in 10 chance of a long-term care event. So that type of planning is, you know, in regards to health, the best way to not put a burden on your family. Because when that event happens, you may not be able to, you know, make decisions. And a lot of that burden does fall on to your spouse and or your kids. So that's the first thing that I would really look to focus on with those people. Yeah, that's a great point for those kinds of folks. And it's not just always about the health focus. Certainly that's at top of mind for some people. I'd probably say the most common element of financial security or statement somebody says in your office that leads to this kind of conversation would be about uh, running out of money. And people just want to make sure that if nothing else, they don't run out of money, John. Yes, yes. And and there was a, a study done several years ago that said actually that people feared running out of money more than they did death. And yeah, that goes hand in hand with the first one. You know, re- the first comment was, you know, being a burden regardless of the health. Well, obviously, if something happens, you lose the house or whatnot, and you do run out of money, you know, and you do have to swallow your pride. In. And this is a very personal topic to me because that actually happened to my aunt, you know, before the show, we were talking about how I used to go back to Cleveland every summer. And, you know, my aunt and uncle uh, lost their home after the mortgage crisis. And unfortunately, he made some poor financial decisions and, you know, ultimate divorce. And, you know, my aunt was really uh, strapped. And luckily, our family is very, very tight knit where, you know, my older cousin insisted she come and not have that stress of, you know, having to pay the, the, the mortgage or house bills. And, you know, now she lives with him. But, you know, I know she loves living with him, but there is that sense of being a burden and giving, you know, giving up some independence that you have with, you know, having your own home. So, you know, that's something where that's probably the biggest plan for people. You know, I, I never had someone come into my office and say, I just want to beat the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ <laughs> in retirement. Yet that's how it's people like, are invested, right, John? Like that's the, yeah, that's the focus of the portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they come in and say, listen, I, I just want to make sure, you know, my wife and I have the money that we can to live off of and to live a lifestyle that we want, point blank. So, yeah, that is the biggest one, though. 
All right, let's cover one more uh, one more example here. Since you kind of touched on the S and P and sort of the market side of things, because I know this is another popular one, a lot of folks will probably identify with this. Have you ever had somebody across from me in the appointment come in and say, "You know what? I'm just tired of of watching." the markets, my accounts, the amounts jumping up and down constantly. They're they're opening those statements or checking it online every day and seeing the constantly fluctuating. I mean, I get a kick out of it. It doesn't really bother me, but I'm also, you know, quite a ways from retirement. So it's kind of funny to see, oh, look how much money we made today. Oh, look how much money we lost today. But when you're like a year away from retirement, that's got to be a more stressful thing. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people that are now in retirement, of course, they are paying closer attention. But yeah, if someone says, I don't want to watch my accounts constantly jump up and down, you know, like like I'm doing it every day or every week. And I say, then don't. <laughs> it's not good for you. You know, and that's a, a huge thing that we've talked about is behavioral finance is becoming a big part of financial planning because whether people want to admit it or not, they're irrational, especially when it comes to their money. So, you know, you start losing, you know, money and you make irrational investment choices and you may sell at the top, you know, and then you get it or you you may sell at the bottom and then you get excited because the market's at all time highs, you know, right now you're buying at the top. So I tell people not to. And, you know, we've discussed this in the past. Our planning is really geared towards that, right? If you need money in the next 10 years, we're going to, we're going to invest you a little bit more conservatively to avoid that sequence risk. And then we'll let the money that's a little bit more aggressive, that be down the road for you know 10 plus years. So if if the market is fluctuating like it did from July through December last year, you can kind of mentally block that off and say, listen, you know, the markets are going to do what the markets are going to do. They're going to go up and down. Right. One thing that's guaranteed is you're going to lose money at some point in time in the market. So, you know, that long-term money allows you to stand put in the market cycles because you know you don't absolutely your livelihood doesn't depend on that. And then the shorter term money is less volatile money, you know, where you're not going to lose as much money. Yeah, absolutely. And so hopefully that sparks your brain to be thinking today about financial security. What does it mean to you? Because, John, depending on somebody's definition of financial security, I'm sure it kind of points you in a different direction when it comes to the planning process to make sure that it's structured in a way that addresses those major concerns. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole crux of my planning. It's to develop a, a plan and collaborate and get the feedback of my clients to develop a plan that they're happy with, they feel comfortable with, they understand, and it's going to give them what they want. Well, if you'd like to talk with John a little bit about your situation, about financial security, what it does mean to you, how it affects the planning process, it's all an important conversation to make sure that you have with an advisor. And if you're in the San Diego area, you can come by and stop in on Trina Street, conveniently located off of Interstate 15 there next to Scripps Ranch High School. Say hello. Have a conversation one-on-one with John. Before that step, you can certainly go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. We'll put a link in the description of today's episode where you can find the way to get to the website there, or give a call anytime if you prefer that method as well. 858-935-6210 is the number. Talk to John about your financial life and what can be improved going forward. 858-935-6210. More coming up on today's show. In fact, it's time to get to know John just a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. So, John, fun question for you on today's podcast. I'm curious, who is the best cook you know? 
Oh, that's a tough one. And I'm going to give you multiple people. It's uh, You can it, never stick to one whenever I ask these questions. It's always yeah, caveats and no. option yeah, B it, and C. It, well, and, and it's really my mom and my aunt. I love it when my aunt comes out because then the cooking really comes out. But they're that old school type of cooking, the, the pork chops that melt in your mouth and, and the mashed potatoes. I love that. But I really learned a lot skills from my dad and my passion I, I love to cook but my dad he likes to make the extravagant meals you know he'll have the big prime ribs and you know the glazed vegetables and all that so it's it's, a, it's an event when he's cooking right what's that it's an event when he's cooking versus yeah oh yeah, it, yeah and they're it, two different it, skills right the like this is a special meal versus uh, the, the skill to always be putting out good food every single night on the table kind of thing yeah, my mom and my aunt are your your just home style feel good type of foods. Where and my dad is he exactly hit it on the the head. And matter matter of fact, tomorrow we're going to my dad's and he's having a whole bunch of people over at the house and he's gonna have a big you know event where he's cooking for everyone. I mean, he does like sausage making, pasta making parties. He oh, he does cool. the more extravagant type. That sounds types fun. of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where my mom and my aunt are, you know, I'm gonna cook for the family. You know, but either way, I can't choose between the two. Sorry if that's a cop out answer. Well, you're just making me hungry now, so I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get hangry here in a few minutes. Normally, John and I record the podcast a little bit earlier on in the day, but we pushed it later for today's recording. And uh, John, my, my tummy's rumbling, so now you've just made, <laughs> you've just made it worse. So. That's all right. We will persevere and push through. So there you go, getting to know John a little bit better. A lot of good cooks around you, so that's a reason to be jealous of you there, John. Yeah, and that's the reason why I have to go to the gym five days a week. <laughs> that's right. That's why you're such a big fan of working out all the time, right? They go hand in hand. All right, now it's time to answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So this week, we're taking a question from Angie in Terrasana. By the way, if you want to submit a question, you can do that at GoSecurist.com or email John, John at GoSecurist.com. This question is a good one. Angie's curious about some long-term care issues, and she says, I haven't found a long-term care policy that I like. John, are they all this expensive? This will be the shortest answer ever. Yes. (laughs) Um, All right. Thanks for the podcast today, John. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See you later. No problem. That <laughs> could help. Go, go um, ahead. You got a little more, right? Yeah. I mean, long-term care has a reputation being expensive. And it's really, you know, oftentimes people look at, oh, you know, my parents paid all this money and they never used it. Well, I mean, we do the same for home insurance, auto insurance. You know, hopefully we never have to use that stuff. But yes, traditional long-term care is extremely expensive. However, Angie, I will tell you the most expensive long-term care plan is private pay. You know, Jen Worth said an average cost for assisted living here in San Diego is over $55,000 a year. And you're probably going to be in a semi-private room. And a nursing home is over $100,000 a year. Now, the average long-term care event, maybe a combination of those two is three years. So you're, you're potentially spending several hundreds of thousands of dollars to private pay. And, you know, it's, it's a reason why it's the biggest destroyer of retirement nest eggs. So, you know, if you've just looked at the traditional long-term care arena, 
and you're not satisfied with it, you know, I, I might take a look at life insurance with long-term care riders. That kind of beats the the use it or lose it approach because if you don't use it, then it goes towards a death benefit. And then there's also uh, asset-based long-term care plans also uh, that are alternatives. You know, they may be more affordable, but in the end, you just have to ask yourself, how much do you want to pay and how much do you want that insurance company to pay? A lot of good questions and things to be thinking about there, Angie. And is long-term care coverage a common topic in the office, John? Uh, yes. I, matter of fact, I mean, that it is one of the biggest liabilities I have for retirees. And, and I'm constantly talking to uh, my clients every year about it, whether they've addressed the plan or not. You know, Because sometimes in the first year or two, there's so many moving parts that uh, it gets a little overwhelming. So we take it in steps. But Long-term care is absolutely important to prepare for. Yep, certainly. If you've got questions about long-term care, financial security, the RMDs that we discussed at the beginning of today's show and the SECURE Act and some of the changes that are coming down the pike from government, if you've got questions about any of that stuff, talk it out with John. Again, the ways to get in touch, 858-935-6210. That's 858-935-6210. Or find John online at gosecurist.com. We'll put a link in the description of today's episode where you can access the website, certainly. A very easy way to do it that way. That's it for today's show. John, thanks for walking us through all of these different issues, and we'll look forward to another good show with you next time around. Thanks, Walter. You have a great night. You do as well. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all the big ones out there. And uh, if we're ever on an app, wherever not on an app, one that you like to use to listen to podcasts and you don't see us on there, let us know and we'll uh, submit it and get it included. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine and future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.